This podcast is brought to you by On Track Studio. We begin today by acknowledging the Gubby Gubby people as the traditional owners of the country we are recording in today. We recognise their continued connection to the land and the waters of this beautiful place and acknowledge they never ceded sovereignty. We pay our respects to Elders past and present and extend that respect to all First Nations people who may be listening today. Welcome to another episode of Boring is Bad for Business podcast, a show where we discuss how business leaders can create bold, not boring brands that delight and spark emotional connections. I'm Joel. And I'm Suji. In this episode, we'll be talking about abstract brand names. And we're really just going to hit on, you know, what is an abstract brand name and why you should consider one for your brand. So let's get into it. The topic for this podcast came to me because quite clearly, I do not have a conventional Australian name, like a Western name. My name's Suji. Um, And then I kind of realized like they've got this little bit of a personal story and some personal growth that like, you know, I started out when I was growing up, I actually really hated the name Suji. And I think it's quite common. I hear it with a lot of people who have names that were, you know, again, you know, not conventional. Um, when we were growing up, there's a lot of Jesses. There's a lot of like probably Jacks and et cetera. And I've heard that like basically when you heard your name called out, it was like, oh, why don't I just, why don't I have a name just like everybody else? Yep. You know, I really just wanted to fit in. Like I can identify that now. And I also, you know, of course, you know me, have to go and do some research. Um, it's like obvious, it's a known fact that wanting to fit in, it's not unusual and disliking your differences is not unusual. Um, I think it's, you know, especially as you go through adolescence, it's like this hallmark thing that you go through, like everybody wants to fit in in some way. When it relates to branding, I found this amazing quote that kind of explained my experience. So Austin McGee or Miss McGuy, I'm really sorry if I've butchered your name there, um, of the book, Brand is a Four-Letter Word, explained my experience with this quote. So he says, most of us grew up with similar names, dressed in really similar clothes, and we probably went to the same schools as each other. And the whole way through that experience, we're trying to like trying to manage our differences so that our peers found us less strange and less unusual. Because as we said in previous episodes, like when you're the odd one out, you, you do get made fun of. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like this discomfort of being the odd one out. Like we, we grow up with this discomfort and this, you know, we know that being odd is going to make you stand out. It's probably not going to be the popular way to be. That it actually turns and why this relates to business and branding and what we're talking about here is it turns many business leaders and brand leaders off the odd brand name. Mm-hmm. Now, going back to my story, oddly enough, as I've kind of grown up, now it's a massive advantage, I feel, having the name Suji. So I've grown up because I've like been able to, I guess, build my own experience into like what it is for me to have that name. Like I've got my own story around that, so I can only own that. Um, you could kind of call it growing up. You can call it finding yourself. But um, now that I love that my na- name is different because I think it can be a bit of a talking point for people. It's like, oh, what did you say your name is? Like, can you talk more about that? It gives yep. you a bit of a you know, start to build rapport with people. And I think that can be the same for brands. And that's what I'd like to talk about in this episode is like, what's the value of having an odd brand name? And then how can you actually bring it in? Because it's something that we have experienced with a couple of brands that we've released or we've been working on lately is that they haven't chosen a conventional name and there are reasons for that. And it's actually had a really great payoff. Yeah, definitely. And I think people put you know, a, a lot of emphasis and um, thought into a business name, which is which is fantastic. But a lot of the time, we're sort of just looking at that name on a piece of paper. You know, it, it's just it doesn't really exist now. It's at this stage, it's just a name. And I think not to speak of your experiences, but probably when you were you were younger, you were just looking at the name. But as you've got older, you've built you could call it brand equity into that name yeah, a like little it. bit. I've got some personal brand yeah, equity. Yeah. Some, some personality <laughs> into that name. And you're like, well, no, now Suji represents 
this. It's not just a name on a piece of paper. There's there's a story, a story behind it, and there's um, and you grow into it. Yeah, yep. definitely. And you know, we we sit there and we we pitch pitch business names, and you know, trying to come up with a, a name is is very difficult, um, especially if it's for yourself. Um, mm-hmm. But when we sort of pitch names, the first time you hear them, you're sort of just like. Uh, because they've never heard it before. Yeah, it's like a, it, it's a bunch of letters and, and sounds coming together that you haven't heard before. And you're like, of course, it's going to sound strange. But over time, as you build in that, that brand equity and that meaning behind the name, it sort of starts to um, you know, resonate and, and become something bigger than just the, the sound. Exactly. So on that, there's a couple, here's a couple of abstract brand names. And it's like, quiz you, did you know that Spotify, Ikea and L'Oreal they did not exist as words before mm-hmm. these brands created them. So today, when you hear Spotify, Ikea, and L'Oreal, great. I know exactly. That feels like a great, safe word, like um, a great name. Like, I wish I had a thought of Spotify for the name of my streaming music I'm sure <laughs> there's a, I'm sure there's a child out there, poor, poor child named Spotify. There probably is, unfortunately. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's like they, they all sound now so common and so normal, but there would have been a point in time when those names were pitched, they would have felt really odd and unusual. So when Phil Knight from Nike was pitched the 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 name Nike, um, you know his words was like, "What else have you got? I don't, right. I don't like See? it." Yep. Um, and you know they had a um, you know a race against the clock to to sort of uh, I think they were signing paperwork to, to pick a name and, and get it across the line. And he sort of just threw his hands up in the air and was like, "You know, if everyone else is happy with Nike, let's." Let's roll out now. And, you know, Nike is now one of those words that it's it's Nike. Is it Nike or is it Nike? Do they address – I know that you've read the book, Shoe Dog. Is it Shoe Dog? Yeah, well, yes. I've read the book, so I haven't actually listened to the – Ah, okay. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think Nike, Nike. Yep, interchangeable. 100%. <laughs> yeah, but exactly. It's like even those giants, they all had the same experience that if you are going down this path for your brand – um, and it's one that I really highly consider for a couple of reasons that I'll get to in a minute. Just know that it's going to sound a bit weird that the giants before you, Spotify, Nike, Ikea, L'Oreal, have all felt exactly the same and take some time with it. Yeah, 100%. So just on that, like the first thing that – the first reason why I love an abstract brand name mm-hmm. is it's ownable. Yep. So any brand asset, including a name, needs to be protected and owned. So if you're starting up a business and or if you already have a business and you haven't done this and it's on our list to do, um, you need to make sure you can own it. So from an IP perspective, that means that you can trademark the brand's name and then also your logo if that is possible. But it also means that the brand name needs to be available on ASIC. So you're already getting a few different areas that you need to, to be available in. Um, we've spoken about in the past about how many businesses are advertising, but just now think about those statistics, like 10,000 ads per day. Like, so how many businesses are putting out those 10,000 ads? There's a lot of names already registered. If you choose something that's completely made up, your chances of getting it and making it ownable mm-hmm. in terms of a business name and then in an IP stance are much higher. Yeah, definitely. And um, yeah, you want to own it. Absolutely. You know, um, yeah. It protects yourself from somebody else coming in and, and naming themselves the same thing and that obviously customer confusion and, you know, someone going with, um, you know, them over you just because of that confusion. So, or getting, you know, trying to Google you and they can't find you because the other person has better SEO. Yeah, and then, you know, Google, it's a great example. Um, you know, now it's something you can do. I can Google something or I'm Googling and it's like, even is the word Google. So actually, I did have, I wanted to put Google in this article, but then our editor 
of this article in this podcast, so we kind of get our fact-checking and et cetera done. But Google does actually come from a real word. It's like a Google of something. I believe it's a very, very, very big number. Oh, really? Yeah. So oh, it's, a go- it's a Googleplex? Yeah, it's a longer like- version, um, but it, it does. So it wasn't entirely abstract, so we took that out. Okay. Good to, good to know. Good to know. There you so go. We're, yeah. we're here to learn as well. We always, absolutely always learning. Just with that ownable though, think about domains and social accounts too. Oh, absolutely. Like it's got to, you know, it's not just the technical things that you want to be ticking off, but they, they are big business these days. Yeah. And even, you know, we've all experienced it with ourselves. We're like, hey, I want uh, the Instagram handle, Joel Harris. Like it's, it's never going to happen. But see, Suji Ford, I can pretty much get, I can tell you I can get that all the time. Yeah, but it's, it's for a while. Suji was pretty easy to get, like when the internet was coming up, and like I could probably, like our early emails at Hotmail, I probably could get Suji. Like no yeah. one had it. Like yeah, That's benefits. Insane. Yeah, I know. But yeah. now I have to do Suji underscore one or Suji oh, no. forward. Yeah, there you go. Uh, so the second benefit of having an abstract brand name is that you can write your own story. Like we've already touched on this a little bit, but I think in addition to what we've spoken about, like when there is no meaning to a brand name. People don't – they don't have any – they don't have anything. It doesn't elicit anything. It's just confusion sometimes mm-hmm. when you first see the like, Nike written down. Like, what the fuck is that? Like, yep. I don't know. Um, or make – like, whereas if you bring up um, a more – like, I've got a product and say it says vintage, vintage glass. As soon as you say vintage glass as a brand, that gives you a really clear picture about the product that I'm looking at and what that, like, might feel like and the aesthetics of that brand. Mm-hmm. The story is already written with words that exist. When you have an abstract brand name, you can create whatever story you want. Yeah, and uh, you know that English language, Yeah, as soon as we hear a word, we sort of start to try and tie something to it. Um, if you can get in and, and create a word, yeah you, yeah, you can write that narrative. Yeah, you've got a bit more work to do, but that's fun. That's great. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So the third benefit, I think, to abstract names is it suggests that you're not boring. We think outside the box like... Mm-hmm. There's more to us. There's more substance to us than being the same as everybody else. Yeah. So, you know, this is a pretty boring example. Descriptive names that say what a business does and, you know, sometimes like the accounting people. Okay, your accountants, your people. Great. Yep. It doesn't leave much to the imagination. But if you had something like spaceship invent- investing, yep. very different. It, it elicits a different emotional connection. Um, it suggests innovation. It suggests out of the box thinking. Like spaceship investing isn't really abstract. I couldn't think of a good abstract name on the on the spot because naming is really hard. But it's just showing you the power that words can have on creating and eliciting emotion. Yeah, I don't think we need another I accounting or I shoe or no. like I. No, I'm glad that is yeah. well gone, done, finished. Absolutely. Um. Yeah, and have some fun with it. Like, show it as a representation of you and your people within that organization. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, nothing's going to sound right from the get-go. you just got to, you know, work That's on it. That's my first tip. Yeah. Like, going transitioning from why you should do it to tips. You're going to just give yourself time. Get people – let people say no. If Phil Knight could say no to Nike, you can have people say no that it's terrible to you. Um, the two clients in particular that I'm thinking about – we even said no to one name at first. We were like, oh, I don't know. Like, I just don't know. Like, it's, yep. it's very, like, new. I don't know if I like – I don't know if I like it or not. Like, it wasn't like I don't know if I, it's a no. It's just like I just don't know if I like it. Let, let's sit on it. Uh, I think we did a strategy session. We sat on it after this, probably for, like, a good three or four weeks. And it was after that process. We're like, yeah, it's awesome. I love it. And then we – yeah, we, we build an identity off the, off the back of that. 
And I think you can say who it is. It's Ka- so the na- brand name is Casimo. Yep. Yeah. And yeah, we we struggled with it. Um, you know, the client was was keen to push it in that direction. We had a couple other ideas on the on the table that we thought were were stronger, but I guess at the end of the day, it didn't feel like well. They were taken, so that's the thing. Yeah, true. Like they were actually not available. So the the other options and they were abstract names as well. They were abstract, but they kind of were a little bit more literal. Like they had, yes, yes they were like kind of like a sense a play on sense sensory. So it was like you could tell that the word was still sensory, but it was spelled mm-hmm. slightly different. Um, whereas Casimo was completely made up. And then there's another one, Field. Um, so Field, which is a waterproof grout solution. Uh-huh. Again, friends and family canned it. They were like, that's a terrible name. What do you mean? Like, yep. that's so weird. Uh, we worked with the owner really closely with that, did the workshop, presented the rationale. He sat with it. He got on board. Once people saw it as a whole oh, entire absolutely. brand system, they're like, yeah, that's great. Yeah, and it makes and it makes sense. Yes. Um, and, you know, that's leaning into the characteristics of, of the founder of the business as well. Um, there's a little bit of tongue in cheek that we can have with with the copy of that, and yeah, it it makes it makes sense. And the moral is just just allow time. Like when I when I found out we were talking about this this today, I, I was looking at a couple of other other names and, and Virgin's one that comes up, and it's like imagine pitching that. Imagine pitching that <laughs> to a board. Like there is no well, unless now. you pitched it to Richard Branson. So. Well, yeah, <laughs> apparently you know Richard was I call him Richard. Um, he was just like, you know, this is the name, yeah. this is the end of the conversation. But there is no way that that would get through a board Who wasn't, now or, yeah. or back then. Well, of, like I think he's an exceptional visionary kind of leader, yeah. Yeah, like you, you just think of the name, Virgin. Yeah. Like, what? Yeah. Um, but, you know, now it's got that, obviously, that equity into it. Um, and, you know, we don't see it as the word anymore. We see it as something bigger than that. We the see it as an airline. We. We even see it as a CD place. I don't know. If <laughs> what are they called? Stores. Yeah, CD yeah. store. Um, yeah, music label. Yeah, yeah. It, it's bigger than it's that now. Entrepreneur, visionary leader. Like, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, it's it's gone. It's outgrown. I know. Yeah. I love that. We should actually talk about Richard Branson as a topic for boring is bad for business. Like, mm-hmm. he, I think, is the personific- personification of that. Yeah, him and him and Elon, like, just yeah. just mm-hmm. buy an island and shoot shit up into space. Like, yeah. Um, yeah, definitely not boring. No. So the final tip that I have um, for this, so there's just two tips and it's like the other, I have a couple of others actually that I didn't sort of write notes on. I've got one more that I've thought of. Make it easy to sound out. Um, if you do an abstract name that is like quite, um, I think the word is vernacular. It's uh-huh. like Hulu or Pixar. Like it's pretty obvious how to say it. So that's also going to help people get over the, the initial um, shock of like, wait, I've never heard that word because it is quite easy to sound out. The only caveat to that is like you can actually teach people to pronounce your name if you have to. So Zapier, Zapier, people still, it's a, it's a software. Nike, Nike. Exactly. Yeah. These examples. Um, Zap, Zapier, Zap, it's actually Zapier. Um, Zapier is a service that kind of connects your, your software together. It does these like web sort of things. It hooks them together. Zaps, they call them. Um, you can they do campaigns about teaching people. It's it's Zapier. Like this is how you say mm-hmm. our name. You can teach people. It's just going to take a little bit longer, um, but it's a bit of a shortcut if you can pick up, pick one that's easier to pronounce. Mm-hmm. Oh, and I think even that that whole thing of um, like I realize it when you like, hey, like my name's Suji, and then you spend like a minute explaining how you pronounce it, how you write it down. Yeah, I think if you had a if you just had an easier name to, that was vernacular. Yeah, it's pretty. Go. It's pretty vernacular. It's but pretty I think vernacular. People put, want to put a U and a G in there, so mm-hmm. it, it just fucks with your mind a bit. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. That's all right. I like that now. Um, so the other thing was that I saw that you've in our, our show notes here that we've prepared. You actually this clued me onto it. 
the final tip is like, is it searchable? And I think it relates. Like mm-hmm. the ones that are easier to pronounce, like Hulu, like you might think it's O-O-L-O, but you can kind of work it out so you can probably search it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, but, you know, search is, search is also going to t- the voice now and Siri is pretty bloody good at understanding you and all of our technology is really good and people who don't use typing, that's also another element to think about as well, speech. Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, but yeah, I think just, you know, the main two points we sort of, we had at the end was just give it time and, you know, if it makes sense, um, you know, you're onto something, but it doesn't always need to. No, it doesn't have to be. This is for the, this, this episode is for the people who are considering that this is for them, an abstract name. Um, I think there are related, there's a lot of other naming strategies out there, but I just wanted to share with you, like, I guess my experience of having an, a, a, quite an odd name and the experiences as well that we've seen of our clients who it's actually worked out really successfully for them. Um, so yeah, definitely um, hitting on the point, we've hit on the points of like, you can own it, you can write your own stories, you can think outside the box. As you said, Joel, a um, couple of tips, just leave time with it to get used to it because it's a bit weird um, at the start and then make it easy to sound out and make sure it's being it's able to be found, your abstract name is able to be found on search. Well, that brings us to another episode of Boring is Bad for Business. Thank you for listening. Um, If you like the episode, please give it a follow. Um, It means nothing to you and and everything to us. Um, And we look forward to speaking to you next week.